Well, praise the Lord. We'll make our way back to our seats. Amen. We want to try and have you out of here by nine. If the Lord says ten, here's the ten. If you can stand to your feet with me, amen. We're going to go to the word of the Lord. And ask for the church to stand to their feet. We're going to read our Bibles and we're going to. I'm directing your attention to the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 23. I have to make sure that I turn there with you. Because a few times I've copied over the wrong scripture. And I thought I was reading the right one, but in the wrong part of the Bible. Amen. 2 Samuel chapter 23 and verse number 11. Just two verses of scripture that we can be seated. 2 Samuel chapter 23 and verse number 11. If you haven't, say amen. Amen. If you don't have it, say oh me. <laughs> and after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Hagarite. And the Philistines were gathered together into a troop where was a piece of ground full of lentils. Somebody say beans. 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 Ground, you want to call them green beans, we'll call them green beans. I like to call them pinto beans. Where was a piece of ground, just a small piece of ground full of lentils, full of beans. And the people fled from the Philistines, but he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it. And slew the Philistines. He stood in the midst of the ground. Somebody say, stand your ground. Stand your ground. ground. He stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines. And the Lord wrought a great victory. Amen. Why don't we set our Bibles aside and ask the Lord to talk to us one more time tonight. Amen. We want the Lord to anoint us. We cannot do it without him. Amen. God, we thank you for this opportunity to come. Here today, I pray you would anoint me. I pray that you would use me as a vessel of God. God, I am but clay. I am but mud in your hands, God. I need you desperately. I pray you would anoint the people of God to respond to your word. Let the let the word of God be mixed with faith today, God. I pray that there would be fruit that comes, Lord, from the, the preached word of God today in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. In the study of modern day law. There are several phrases that let us know what our responsibilities are as citizens. I'm going to say that again. In the study of modern day law, there are several phrases that let us know what our responsibilities are as citizens when we are confronted with an opposing force. And this is something that uh, you probably should pay attention to because this is real life application right here. Uh, This is talking about the law. And your rights as a citizen. Uh, there are uh, the first of these uh, phrases is known is what is known as a duty to retreat. A duty to retreat. Uh, certain areas in the country or certain jurisdictions, and this is not a law lesson, but there's a few things in law we're going to talk about for a moment. Uh, certain areas or jurisdictions require a person to attempt to remove himself. Or herself from a threatening situation by retreating from it 
if possible. So in other words, if you're faced with some adverse situation, there's a law that says you have a duty to retreat. And you have to run from the problem. You have to retreat from that situation. And this, uh, and so that in certain jurisdictions, a person must attempt to remove him or herself from a threatening situation by retreating from it if possible. This tactic must be employed before you can use the argument of self-defense. Before you can use the argument of self-defense. And then we're talking about a duty to retreat. Um, a more graduated approach from the duty to retreat law is what is known as the castle doctrine. The castle doctrine incorporates the duty to retreat, but it further adds that if the intruder comes into the home of another, if that intruder comes into the home of another, the homeowner can use deadly force to protect himself or herself without having to retreat somewhere else. So with the duty to retreat, you have an obligation if someone is coming after you to run. And then there's another part, uh, a little bit more graduated approach that is called the castle doctrine. And it adds, but if you're in your home, you can defend it. Uh, and there's the implication or the uh, understanding uh, of your home is your castle. And you have a right to defend your home. Uh, so let's say the duty to retreat, uh, as it is dealt with in, say, Brother Terrence's life, someone comes after you, you have a duty to run from the problem. But if you're in your home and the castle doctor is being used, you have a right to defend your home, your castle. Brother Miguel, same thing for you. Someone comes into that house, and, and with the castle doctor, you have a, uh, a duty to defend your home. Uh, no one can mess around in your home if they're going to, if they're threatening to use deadly force or, or harmful or bodily harm. Uh, you have a right to, to defend yourself. And then the stakes go higher with another uh, principle, another law that's called the stand your ground doctrine. The stand your ground doctrine. And this defense can be used inside of the house as well as outside of the house. And for that matter, any public place that you're in, there's a stand your ground clause. There's a stand your ground doctrine. Uh, and this person has no duty to retreat if they are faced with bodily harm wherever they're at or if they see others in, in the, in the, with the threat of being harmed uh, to the detriment of their health. Uh, in some states, the stand your ground doctrine can be used to protect others as well. We mentioned that a moment. Um, and there is an application I want to make for a few moments, and I want to call this message tonight, Stand Your Ground. Stand Your Ground. Um, there are certain times in the law where you have an obligation to run from the problem. You have to retreat. Uh, you have to turn the other cheek. You have to walk away, run, get out of harm's way. Other times... Uh, you're faced with difficult situations in your home, and you have to, as the man or the woman of the house, stand and fight against that intruder that would come and try to destroy your 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 body, your kids, uh, your belongings, whatever. Uh, and when there's there's other times when you have to stand your ground, and we're going to talk about that for a few moments tonight. And as it relates to this uh, uh, this scenario in Second Samuel chapter 23. This individual by the name of Shema, he was uh, he was there 
uh, he had taken care of this piece of land that had beans in it that he had worked uh, to to harvest. Uh, this particular plot of ground may not have meant much to others in the world around him. Perhaps he was a poor man, Shaman. He just had a little allotment of land and just he had some beans and maybe he was going to make some bean soup and it probably didn't matter much in the grand scheme of things. Uh, but as we would know from studying the Word of God that this these Philistine nations had come time after time and they had tried to time and again to abuse and to plunder and to destroy and to wreak havoc on the people of God and the investments with which they had in the land. And this man by the name of Shema finally reached a point, if you will, a boiling point in his, in his life, in the, uh, the history of his family. And the Philistines came again, as at other times, to destroy and to take that little bean field that he was there trying to harvest. And Shema stood up and said, I'm not going to abide by a duty to retreat or even a castle doctrine, but I'm going to abide, if you will, and, and bear with me for a few moments in my folly, as the scripture says, I'm going to stand my ground. And this may not mean much to anybody else, but to me this means my family's well-being. This means my family's welfare. And this means my family's sustenance. And so I'm going to stand here and I'm going to fight the Philistine army. If I have to do it all by myself, I'm going to fight and I'm going to stand my ground. And I'm going to tell you tonight as a church of the living God, amen, there are times when the devil would come against your family, your mind, your finances, and it comes to you and I taking a stand and say, I'm going to stand stand my ground and I'm not going to allow the devil to bully me to pick on me to plunder me and to wreck the things that I've worked for to wreck my children's lives I'm going to stand my ground I'm going to fight against hell somebody say praise the Lord hallelujah amen there is an urgency in my spirit to declare this message to you tonight amen that it's it's well time it's high time like the Bible says for the people of God to stand their ground and to say I'm not going to allow the devil to to mess with my mind to mess with my body to mess with my finances to mess with my kids to mess with my my, my spouse and my marriage I'm not going to allow the devil to walk into my home and invade my castle invade the place where I live and wreak havoc in my home. I'm going to stand and I'm going to fight against hell. Hallelujah. It takes people willing to stand their ground. How much did it matter? How much did it matter the bean field? How much did it matter, amen, just a little plot of land where there was some beans, amen, it didn't matter much. And you may try to minimize You may try to minimize, amen, that area of your life and think, well, it's not that much. I'm willing to let the devil uh, uh, walk over me. I'm willing to let the devil defeat me in this because it doesn't really matter much. But there must be some pride that comes up in our hearts that says the devil will not mock me. The devil will not destroy me. Amen. You can laugh if you want. Amen. Does not matter. Amen. Others can laugh at your situation, your calamity. But if it matters to you, it matters to God. I said if it matters to you, it matters to God. Hallelujah. I believe that God wants the people of God to square their shoulders back and fight the good fight of faith. Praise God. 
Shema, this man in 2 Samuel 23 first saw the king stand his ground. You've got to see somebody else stand their ground. You've got to see it. Your kids have got to see it. Your kids have got to see a mom and a dad square their shoulders back and go to war in prayer. Your kids have got to see, amen, a mom and dad on their face in prayer saying, God, I've got to have the victory. God, we've got to have a financial breakthrough. God, we've got to have a breakthrough in our health. We've got to have something help us. We cannot be defeated. If your kids always see mom and dad defeated, run down by the, by the tactics of hell, amen, they'll never know that they can win the battle themselves when they get older. But if your kids grow up and they see a mom and dad on their knees in prayer, they see a mom and dad think to the house of God. They see a mom and dad that knows how to overcome. When little Johnny, little Junior grows up, they're going to say, I can win. I can defeat the devil. I can overcome the flesh because I see it happen in my life. Shema first saw David stand his ground and defeat the giant called Goliath. Everybody else cowered down. Amen. In fear. Amen. Everybody else cowered in fear and they hid behind the rocks. They hid behind uh, all the different barriers. They did not want to face Goliath. They did not want to. They did want not. They did not want to face Goliath. And they they said we're going to just allow the time to pass and hopefully he goes away. Some of you are doing just that tonight. We're going to allow time to pass and hopefully the battle goes away. Amen. There's a battle that you've got to stand and you've got to fight for yourself and for your family. Amen. Time. Amen. Will tell. Amen. Of the victorious people of God in this church that stood up and fought for something that they believed in. Fought for something that they believed in. You've got to have some convictions in your life. You've got to have some convictions. I'm not going to allow the devil to enter my home, to enter my kids' life, to enter my family's life and destroy them. I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight for what's mine. So first Shema saw King David stand his ground and then he knew I can do what he did. Amen. And one from the moment that King David faced off with Goliath, from the moment that King David, he beat Goliath and he chopped off his head. Everybody else in the kingdom saw I can face fear and I can win against the devil. I can see, amen, the head of the enemy destroyed and cut off. Because after David, amen, killed Goliath, there arose a mighty man that began to do exploits for God. I'm telling you, your kids need to see a mom and a dad that know how to get in prayer and know how to win a fight. Amen. Your kids and grandkids need to know what it's, amen, what it looks like to see an overcoming Christian go head to head, toe to toe with the devil and win. There are some things that you've got to contend with. You've got to contend for certain things in life. That's a fight. When you contend for something, whether it be you go to school, you go to your parents' school or your your kids' school, and the teachers uh, bring up accusation after accusation against your kids, and you know, you know what? That's not the truth. That's not what's really happening. My kid, that's not their nature. That's not how they are. And you contend for them. You say, well, hold on, Mr. So-and-so, Mrs. So-and-so. 
Let's talk about let's talk about the other side of the story. And you're contending. You're saying you're, you're putting that kid. You're saying, hold on. I'm going to contend for you right now. Let, let mom and dad, let, let them fight this battle. And there there is the same element in living for God. Amen. With your family, you've got to say, hold on, devil. Hold on. You can only accuse them so much. I'm going to fight for them. Amen. They may not be strong like they like their mom or dad, but but I can stand. I can fight for them. I can help them. And the Bible says in Jude chapter 1 and 3, Behold, beloved, when I give all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered for the saint, unto the saints. Amen. You should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Amen. If there's one thing that the devil tried to get from Peter was what? His faith. The devil was going after Peter's faith. But Jesus said, I prayed for you, Peter, that your faith fail you not. What is he doing? He's contending for Peter. He's saying, Peter, I'm fighting for you. And there must be people in this church house that say, I'm going to fight for my kids. I'm going to fight for my family. I'm going to fight for my spouse. My spouse is, is going through hell. My, my spouse is allowing, uh, there's, there's demonic spirits whispering in her mind or his mind. I'm going to contend for them. I'm going to fight for them. I'm going to help them win the battle. I'm going to contend for their faith. I'm going to pray, amen, that the devil would not steal the faith of the saints of God. You must earnestly contend for the faith. Isaiah 59 and 19 says, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. And when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. And that lift up a standard against him is, is explained as is making an armed resistance. Amen. When all of hell comes against you and the, and the flood waters begin to come against your life and you feel like, where is this coming from? It seems like it's trying to overwhelm me. It seems like it's trying to oppress me and trying to take me under. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. The Spirit of the Lord shall raise up an armed resistance. And many times that is embodied by you and I on our knees in prayer. God wants to raise up some people in this church to be prayer warriors. Some people in this church just say, hey, I'm going to pray for brother so-and-so. I'm going to pray for this family. I haven't seen them here in a few weeks. I'm going to pray for them because hell's coming against them. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to be the standard, that armed resistance, and I'm going to fight for them. Amen. It must be that we allow God to use us. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 tells us, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Amen. It's not a flesh and blood battle. It's not a flesh and blood battle. It's a spiritual battle. The reason we make such uh, I'm making such an emphasis about this tonight in my title, Stand Your Ground, is because there's a scripture also in the, in the Word of God in Mark chapter 3 and 27. says, No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he will first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. When the devil wants to come into the Hall family, 
or the Hoyle family or the Duarte family or, or my family or your family. He goes for the strong man. He goes for the man of the house. And he says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work on him. I'm gonna work on I'm, I'm gonna work on dad. I'm gonna work on Brother Raul. Because if I can take out Brother Raul, I'll 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 remove every chance his family has of coming to God. If I can if I can mess up Brother Josh, I can I can take out his kids. If I can mess up Brother Tim, I'll take out those kids that are watching him. The devil goes for the strong man. But it's up to the strong man, as we read in 2 Samuel, to stand their ground and say, that's as far as you come. If you had an episode happen to you in the middle of the night where you heard some rustling at the front door and some, some ombre and some mask came in with a little knife trying to steal your goods, Take your wife, everything in you would come out. That's not going to happen. I'll, I'll fight tooth and nail. You're not going to take my kids. You're not going to take my belongings. Or you're not going to touch my wife. What would happen if we had that same spiritual mentality? Devil, stop messing with my wife. Devil, stop messing with my kids. God's got his hand on my kids. Devil, stop messing with my husband. Devil, stop messing with my spouse. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. And I'm not going to allow the devil to come into my home and, and wreak havoc. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he will first bind the strong man. But I'm going to tell you tonight, the devil's not always that brash in the sense that he doesn't just... You're not going to know the devil's at your front door because there's some... Some dude in a, a black robe and a, and a little white mask and a little sickle with a wicked laugh. That you're not the devil's not going to show up at your front door like that. Right. That's not how he works. The Bible says he's subtle. He's subtle, and sometimes the devil tries to enter into your home and steal your kid's salvation in the form of a television filled with the smut of the sin of this world. A study, and I tried to find a recent study because I wanted, you know, there's a lot of studies from old years and years ago. But according to a 2016 study, not done by any religious people, a 2016 study by several PhDs and medical doctors, they had set out to, quote unquote, examine whether the industry ran television parental guides, discrim guidelines discriminate on violence, sexual behavior, alcohol use and smoking in TV shows to assess their usefulness for parents. They said to look at the TV guidelines, what the TV guidelines, if they were being effective, if they were measuring, if they were discriminating against violence, sexual behavior, alcohol, and smoking, and other negative behaviors. This study says they studied 17 TV shows, 323 episodes, and nine, over 9,000 minutes across several TV show rating categories. And every single show, according to this 2016 study by PhDs and medical doctors, every single show had at least one risk behavior. Violence was pervasive, occurring in 70% of episodes overall, and for 2.3 seconds per episode minute. 
Alcohol was common in 58% of the shows, followed by sex in 53% of episodes, and trailing was smoking in 31% of the shows. This study in 2016 by PhDs and medical doctors concluded that TV parental guideline ratings were ineffective in discriminating shows for three out of the four behaviors studied. And they also concluded, furthermore, that even shows rated for children as young as seven years of, old, seven years of age, violence was prevalent and prominent. Sometimes the devil comes in your home through the use of television. Sometimes, and we cannot just preach against television. Sometimes he comes in the form of a smartphone. And we're not preaching against smartphones. You have to have a phone. But I'm telling you, there's, there's devious ways in which the devil comes in, tries to come into your home. He's not coming to the front door with a sledgehammer and screaming uh, in some garbled language. Sometimes it comes in the use of a smartphone. In the hands of your kids or a desktop computer connected to the internet. And you think, I've been, I've been doing everything to guard my family, to guard my home. And you suddenly find out that there's the filth of this world being streamed across the, tele, the television or the internet or the smartphone. I say that to tell you, you've got to know your family's browsing history. Something that my pastor told me several years ago and says it over and over again. You've got to know your family's browsing history. You've got to share your pastors with your spouse. You've got to know what apps your kids are using. You've got to be very aware. You've got, to, you've got to guard your home, church. We've got to guard our home. Sometimes he comes in the form of some ungodly music that influences you negatively to do sinful acts or to associate with some old influences or to associate with some old lifestyle choices you used to have before. That devil's a sly old fox. We say it in Sunday school, he's a sly old fox. Like to what? Catch him, put him in a box. Lock the door, throw away the key. He's a sly. You, you, you can't even just preach against television. You've got to be aware of the enemy's devices sometimes. And this is where it gets a little even more, you have to be more aware. Sometimes he comes in the forms of video games. I'm just telling you, these are the ways in which the devil will come after your kids, come, come into your home. You say, that's crazy. Video games? Just this past Sunday in the news, David Capps, a 24-year-old man in a Florida mall, opened fire after a deep session of video games. Playing what? Madden football. Nothing wrong with playing football. But you have to be aware. Of the enemy's devices. Sometimes he can get you playing video games so much, you get a spirit on you. I'm telling you because I had friends that told me. I played, one of my friends said, I played video games all the time. They were not bad games. But I played them all the time. Hours. I played them. In, I couldn't even sleep. I played them into the wee hours of the morning. I played video games. And I felt a spirit in my home. And I had to pray. Because... All, of, all, all, that, all that entertainment from the world, it, it will wear on you. And, and this recent news story from this past Sunday about David Katz said that he cracked after losing a tournament and killed two other gamers and wounding 11 others 
before turning the gun on himself, sometimes the devil comes in sly old fox. And as a mom and dad, as parents, husbands, wives, you've got to be very aware of the enemy's devices. You've got to guard your home, your kids, but also your marriage. You've got to help one another. I'm going to look out for my spouse, and I expect her to look out for me. We're going to look out for our little one there. And we ought to do, we ought to do the same. We ought to be very aware of, of the, the ways in which the enemy would try to come in. John chapter 10 and verse number 10. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And with that, I want us to stand to our feet. I'm taking a few moments tonight to remind the church the importance of standing your ground and contending for the faith, contending for your kids, for your spouse, for your family, for your future spouse, whatever area in life you find yourself in, contending for them, standing your ground. Some of us become so used to the devil just walking in day after day, messing around with us, picking on us, bullying us, defeating us, destroying us, that we learn to cope with the onslaught of hell. The worst thing you could do is learn to cope with hell's tactics and say, well, you know what? I'm just going to learn to cope with this, this sickness that I've got. I'm going to learn to cope with all of these things in my life. Instead of saying, I'm going to stand my ground and I'm going to fight. I'm going to see God give me deliverance. I'm going to see God give me strength in my in my body, in my life, in my family, in my marriage, in, in my kids, and so on. What I like us to do as we close this service, I like for us to come to this to the front altar. Every family, if you could come, uh, stand with your family. If you don't have family, come on up here, anyways. I want us. To come up here as a church family tonight. And I want us to stand together as family units. And let's fill in as much as we can. Amen. I want you to get with your family member. Take them by the hand. Put your arm around their shoulder. However you want to do it. But link up with your family. And we're going to pray. As, as families here tonight, we're going to pray. And I want, I want the, the, the dads, the men, I want you to begin to pray for your family. Uh, if, you're, if your husband's not here, pray for your child. Uh, if, if none of your family is here, I want you to pray for your family anyways. But I want us to pray for our families. I want to see the men praying for their, their kids that are here or their, their mom or whatever it would be. And I want you to pray that God would cover your family. That God would help your family. And you've got to determine in your heart, in your mind tonight, the devil's not going to come in my home. The devil's not going to come in as a sly old fox and mess around with my family. Amen. The devil's not going to mess around anymore in my home because I'm going to fight. I'm going to contend for my kids. I'm going to contend for my spouse. I'm going to contend for my home. And I want us to do that right now as we close in prayer. God, let's lift up our voices. God, I pray right now in this place. God, I pray for every family in this church today, God. 
I'm asking you, God, to anoint the men of this church, Lord, the women of this church, Lord. I'm praying right now in the name of Jesus Christ, God, that you would raise up some strong men, some strong women, God, in each home that's represented here tonight, God. And I am praying, God, you would help them to stand their ground. Help them to fight against hell, God. Help them to contend for their family, God. I pray an anointing tonight, God, upon Brother Tim.